We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Your co-hosts, Cody Felger and Derek Larger, back for another one, guys. And Derek, I know it feels like it's been forever since you and I have done a podcast episode together. But how are you doing, man? How are you feeling now that we're actually in game week and the Colts play an actual meaningful football game on Sunday? Oh, it feels good to finally have you back on the pod with me. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's amazing. Football in less than 24 hours when we record this. Uh, I mean, I'm, I couldn't be happier. I mean, my, my happy uh, place is finally here. Yes, absolutely. And now we are not going to be without football until next year, which is amazing. So with that, Derek, we wanted to kind of talk about 2023 when it comes to the Indianapolis Colts. Because, man, I feel like when we... Look at the Colts, and when you hear kind of different people's opinions, whether it's national media, whether it's local media, whether it's fans, you know, people are all over the place when it comes to what they predict the Colts to be this year record-wise. Some people say the Colts would be lucky to win three games. Some people say, you know, potential wild card. Some people say, you know, they could be one of the better teams in the AFC. Like, I've heard everything. So I wanted to kind of talk about, kind of take the record out of this, you know, for the sake of this video um, and not talk about the record. You know, I made a video the other day about Anthony Richardson and a lot of people said, well, I think the way that he would win is by winning games. I'm like, you, you, you completely missed the point of what I was trying to talk about there. So I wanted to make kind of a different video here, but similar in certain ways when it comes to the 2023 season. Take the record out of it in in this ter- in this video here, and talk about some of the biggest focuses outside of the record that the Indianapolis Colts should be looking at in 2023. So, with that being said, Derek, I wanted to start with the player I just mentioned, Anthony Richardson. I mean, the biggest thing for Anthony Richardson is his development. How does he look as the season progresses along now that we know he's going to be the guy moving forward? How does Anthony Richardson look from week one against Jacksonville to week 17? And, you know, whatever happens, you know, if the Colts make the playoffs, if they miss the playoffs, whenever his last game is of his rookie season, how does he look, you know, from week one till then? What are your thoughts on him, the development of him, and how crucial it is for the focus of the Colts in 2023. 
Well, you said it in the beginning that it's clear that the the ultimate goal of this team is to progress because it is a young team and inexperienced team from top to bottom right now, especially with the coaches. And I know we don't really have that in this mark right here, so I'll kind of I'll kind of throw it in here with this Anthony Richardson development is how does the offense with Shane Steichen and Jim Bob Cooter, how does that offensive staff work to develop this offense, which was, by all accounts, most people would say probably was the worst offense in the NFL last year by a lot of margins. And how does it progress this year? How does it get better? And you're right. Like, you can't devise this by saying that, wins are what's going to regulate you as you being better than what you were last year. You can't do that because there are so many different aspects to this team that one, there was, there's injuries, there was trades, there was gambling problems that cost us one of our corners that kind of made it difficult for that. And a bunch of other things that have happened and circumstances are just not in a situation where You look at wins and losses and then say that is the finished product. That's not what you need. You need to say that even if somehow, some way you don't, you don't end up with a great record. If you can sit here and say, yeah, if the Colts win five or six games. Okay. So yeah, wins and losses. Yeah. They won a few more than they did last year. That still doesn't necessarily, you and I would both equate that doesn't account to success. What we want to look at is success, like you said, was how does the offense in particular and the team look from week one to week 17? Does Anthony Richardson get better and look more like a complete quarterback as you move along during the season? Because we have said it, that his biggest problem is he hasn't had the snaps. And week one is not going to change that. He's going to have one professional football game. At the end of this week, it's not going to be a finished product. He may play really bad on Sunday, but at the end of the day, that's still not going to be the end of him. We have to continue to watch him do more. I would be okay with him being really bad week one if that means week 12, week 13, week 14, 15. All these weeks later, he starts having those three touchdown, four touchdown games, throwing for 300 yards or combining for over 300 yards in total, not throwing interceptions or having costly turnovers, you know, looking like just basically like an NFL quarterback. That's what we want to see from them. And that is probably going to continue to be the main focus of the Indianapolis Colts in 2023 is how does Anthony Richardson Yep. And we've said it before. Like we said it last year when the Colts were just bad. You would rather be bad with a young quarterback than bad with an old aging quarterback. Like you just would. You know, and I think it's a situation, Derek, where we can realistically say, like, if the Colts would win around ish the same amount of wins as they did last year, if they would have that four, five, six wins, we would feel completely different than we felt a year ago. Like we would, because, you know, you have an actual answer. If Anthony Richardson shows positive steps, I don't care if you win one game all year. Like, obviously, he would hope if he takes good steps, you'd win a couple more than that. But if he does, 
take those positive steps and you know, the team's just not good enough, but he shows that he can be that guy, you'll take that. You know, you will. And so I don't think the Colts are going to only win one or two games. I think they're more talented than that. But like, you're right. Like if they win four, five, six games, but Anthony Richardson shows, you know, what he's made of, like it's a win. It really is a win. So definitely agree with you there. The development of Anthony Richardson is critical. It's the only thing that honestly matters this year in a lot of ways. I know a lot of people have said that, but you know, if you can get it right at quarterback, I don't care if you stink for a year or two, but if you get it right and he is your guy, I mean, we've seen the turnaround of teams like Cincinnati, you know, for example, we saw what they were, you know, going from the first overall pick, you know, to a couple of years later being in the Super Bowl. Like if that quarterback can take that leap, he can take you from being one of the bottom feeders to one of the top dogs very quickly. So if Anthony Richardson could be that guy, that would be great for Indianapolis. I think you mentioned it already with talking about the offense, but I think just that chemistry working with the young weapons that Anthony Richardson will have at his disposal you know, guys like Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce, Josh Downs, Kylan Granson, Jelani Woods when he gets back, you know, all those different guys, even some of the running backs as well. Like just developing that chemistry amongst the young, you know, guys, because the Colts have an extremely young core of pass catchers right now. And I think it's just going to be critical for them to just build that chemistry together, which I think is honestly a factor, Derek, when talking about guys like Josh Downs, who is now the starting slot guy. Like building that chemistry from the beginning is so important. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... Josh Downs specifically, I mean, we saw that he's finally, from what it sounds like, is going to be the uh, starting slot guy. And we've been talking about that ever since they got drafted. That was the the storyline was Anthony Richardson, Josh Downs, outside the hotel, throwing passes together in the parking lot. You know, like, I mean, some stupid stuff like that. But, you know, that's what it is. It's about building that chemistry. You and I talked with Josh Downs. Uh, during training camp and we asked him about that you know what's the the chemistry been like with him and Richardson so far and they felt like they've gotten much closer as as camp's gone along and we've seen all throughout camp him and Alec Pierce connecting on these big plays and everything else that is such a big deal for moving the offense in a way that the Indianapolis Colts couldn't do last year and, of course, Michael Pittman's had high praise for Anthony Richardson's work ethic. 
you know, all these guys are mixing with Anthony Richardson in their own unique way, which is a very good thing to hear and to see before our own eyes. Now, it's just a matter of does that continue to happen throughout the season? Because we saw Alec Pierce struggle in the preseason games. Of course, it's preseason games. It is what it is. When it comes to the regular season, I'll mind it more when it happens. But um, nevertheless, those guys, I hope that that's what's going to happen is that these guys are going to get in sync with one another. It seems like they already are. I think it's more just going to be about Anthony Richardson just developing himself and making sure that he's more in sync with his wide receivers. And I think his wide receivers are pretty in sync with him right now, but I think he needs to do a better job of making sure he is getting the ball in the right place at the right time. And if he does that, this team's going to be fine. Yep, exactly. Uh, moving on now to some of really looking, Derek, I, I didn't have this one of, you know, initially, but I think it warrants talking about, you know, the offensive line, you know, we know a season ago, very, very disappointing, you know, just with what we expected with the guys that were getting paid, you know, really just had a very much a down year, but I wanted to focus more on some of those young guys, you know, the two young guys I'm thinking of in particular, Will Fries at right guard. And Bernard Ryman, who's probably the most important guy that the Colts are going to watch, is just his development because you know, the Colts have had some some players that they've tried to fill that void with the last couple of years. Eric Fisher in 2021, and then last year Matt Pryor for a couple games to start the season. And really, the, those two attempts have kind of fallen flat on their face in certain ways. So the Colts, you know, drafted Ryman last year and he kind of got thrown into the fire and had some issues where he struggled early on. You know, he, you know, and especially that Denver game where he kind of got thrown in there. You know, he had some struggles. He definitely did. But I felt like as the season got, you know, further along, as he built chemistry with Quentin Nelson on that left side, they started to, to get better as a unit together. And, you know, that's such an important position when it comes to just, you know, the long-term success of any quarterback. If you can protect his blind side for the next five to ten years at the minimum, I think that's going to go huge for you, and that's a position that's a blue chip, you know, a talent position that you frankly just need to figure out. So if Bernard Ryman can continue to ascend and be that guy, I think that will be huge um, for what the Colts can do and just the ways that they can, you know, allocate their resources, I guess, you know, into, you know, improving other positions on this roster. They can figure out a guy in the third round that can be your franchise left tackle. I think that's so huge for what you want to do in moving forward. Yeah, I mean, that offensive line last year, man, that was something. Uh, when you look back at it, I think the majority of people will tell you that there was some disconnect between the offensive line and what they were being coached. Even Quentin Nelson had to tell you that last year, like the offensive line unit was not in sync with them with each other at all. There just wasn't anything to mix it together. And because guys weren't talking off the field, guys weren't, you know, communicating on the field and all of this stuff. And then we all want to place the blame on former offensive line coach Chris Strasser, which I firmly believe was a big reason why because as soon as we hired that man the offensive line went uh performance went down year in and year out and year in and year out so i don't think that's much of a coincidence 
obviously we have a new one in and from all accounts we've heard that he's done a terrific job of bringing some juice back to this offensive line unit Quentin Nelson looks a little bit more revamped now Bernard Ryman we've been told is having a phenomenal camp and had uh, a great offseason adding uh, weight and Braden Smith is back to full health Ryan Kelly is back and being in a more clear space now you know so it Things are hopefully going to be in much more sync now. And, you know, with this offensive line unit, you have new fresh blood in this quarterback room. And I know last year, you know, there was the whole issue with the Matt Ryan thing. I think they didn't have a problem with Matt Ryan, but I think the play styles are a little different. And I think now, just with Anthony Richardson being who Anthony Richardson is, I think also provides a little bit more of a morale boost for the offensive line because they know who they're blocking for and they know who's going to be behind center for a few years. And I think that might actually mean a lot to these guys as well. So hopefully this offensive line unit gets a lot better. I do, I do think they will because you can't get much worse than what you were last year. Exactly. So, yeah, just having a, a fresh voice in that offensive line room, I think, it's just got to be so helpful for some of these guys who you know have heard just different things, and you know, especially guys like Quentin Nelson, who's now this is his third offensive coordinator, and Ryan Kelly as well. I, mean, I think it's his fourth now. You know, some of these guys have heard different things. Just getting a fresh voice in there and kind of just a a revamp. You know, when it comes to the offensive line, kind of a different approach to playing the offensive line versus what Chris Strausser had last year. I think it really will help this offensive line moving forward and, you know, just just kind of hitting a reset button. And for guys like Bernard Ryman, who are still pretty young, still pretty fresh in a position, just uh, having an offseason of being able to be in the system, you know, being able to grow as a player, you know, learn from last year and, you know, put on the proper weight and strength that you need to. I think that's huge for him. So, yeah, definitely looking at that offensive line, hopefully to uh, have a bounce back and some of these young guys to step it up. All right, let's move on to the defense. We have a couple of things we want to mention on the defensive side of things. We'll start with the defensive line. And Derek, this is a unit with a lot of different guys. I think if you ask different reporters and different fans, I think the majority of people would say this is probably one of the better defensive lines that Chris Ballard has constructed. A lot of people feel really good about it because you know you have guys like Quiddy Pay, Dio Dangbo, who have been in the building in a couple of years. He brought in Samson Mabukum in the offseason, who, uh, you know, the sack numbers, while they're not great, he's had a pretty good, you know, pass rush win rate the last couple of years and was coming off a, a career year in San Francisco last year. And then you bring back a guy like Tyquan Lewis and you add a couple guys in the draft as well. So uh, do you feel like this unit is, you know, probably one of the better ones Ballard has had? But saying that, Derek, you still at this point, don't have that alpha. You still don't have that guy right now that you would look at and say, that's the guy that every offensive coordinator is going to fear. That is the guy that they're going to game plan and scheme to take out of the game. You know, the Colts don't have that. They've invested a lot of resources into this defensive line, primarily at the edge position, and they haven't really been able to find a guy. You know, they found spurts. They found definitely guys who have performed well for a little bit. But they haven't found that guy that can be, you know, that alpha, that guy that everyone knows. He's the guy. He's the dog on that defensive end position, on that edge position. So I think, Derek, if if the Colts don't find that guy this year, 
I would say this, man. I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest if their first-round pick next year is another edge guy. What are your thoughts on the edge position and what you need to see here from that group? It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'll tell you what, man. I mean, there's there's definitely a lot of pressure on this group right now because, I mean, I've, I've seen it on Twitter over the last several days that if the Indianapolis Colts end up with a top five pick again next year for the draft, I'm seeing people say, if we don't get Marvin Harrison Jr., we might be going for this Florida State kid, Jared Verse, I think was his name, that everybody keeps talking about off the edge. Everyone keeps talking about that. Like, this is the next prime Dwight Freeney. Like, this is what, this is the guy. This is the one that finally does it. You know, I feel like we keep asking, we keep saying that over and over and over again. When is someone going to finally step up and be a 10 plus sack guy that we haven't had in, what has it been now, seven years? It was I mean, probably it, Justin Houston was probably the last guy back in, what, 2020? So it's been a yeah. couple of years. I was going to say, yeah. And even in those, and even in those, like, I mean, the Colts still from a total sack standpoint really didn't hit much when it came to that. I mean, even Chris Baller, when you and I talked with him, you know, they said that even though the sack numbers were up last year, it didn't really feel like it translated much at the end of the year because things just kept going awry. When you got these guys over here, you got, you got players nowadays, Cody, that are, that got one dude that can aver- that can get the number of sacks that the Indianapolis Colts can get almost from their entire front four. I mean, there's there's guys out there that are that elite, and you know we've we drafted Quiddy Pay. It's obviously only been he's only entering his third year now, but we haven't seen him play to the fullest of his extent yet because he's been hurt a lot more often than which he has been. Dio Dangbo, who, you know, when he was drafted, he had that injury before he came in, only was able to play for about the back end of the first year. And by then he still wasn't in great football shape. So last year was really his first year in which he showed some glimpses at the end of the year that showed, okay, this guy's got some disruptive presence in him, but what do we, but what is he actually going to provide now? Right, like, what's it gonna be? And we hope that Samson and Bukum will be able to do something for this team. You know, be that disruptor off the edge. I've always kept the same mindset about this unit. I will not believe that the unit is fixed until I see it. I know that last year they had Yannick Ngakwe, and Yannick Ngakwe had a couple games where he really took over, but it was very early in games. And then later in games, it sort of tampered off and the Colts just weren't able to get pressure. This is what it's not like what the this Eagles unit was uh, last year where, you know, they were averaging four, five sacks a game. You know, like they're not that disruptive, not even close to being that disruptive. So hopefully 
we see the Indianapolis Colts. If these guys, if most of these guys can remain healthy and you see Quiddy Pay or Samson Ibukum or, you know, even a Dio Adangbo play back and forth and you can see Quiddy Pay getting around uh, 10 sacks uh, this season, Samson Ibukum getting close to 10, Dio Adangbo getting six or seven. You know, those kinds of numbers. If we can see something like that, then we start seeing some actual really good consistency going on here, which is the one thing we need. But we also need somebody to try and push that ladder a little bit. It's not enough to just get 10 sacks anymore. You need 12, 13, 14, maybe even 15 to really start saying, okay, now you're dominating. Now you're dominating when you're getting into that 15 range. That's where we where we need to start seeing somebody. I just question who is that guy. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think you mentioned it. Like, just the inconsistencies. That's been this unit, gosh, I don't even know, really since Ballard has taken over. Honestly, since Robert Mathis retired, that has been this, the story of this unit. They've just been inconsistent. There just has never been that guy that stepped up to the plate. And how many picks have you invested? How much resources have you put in to this position? And it's still a question mark. It's just, it's ridiculous at this point how much you have just completely failed to properly address and get that guy in the building. You know, and there's a lot of young guys that have the chance to be that guy. But you're right. Like, if you can't, if Quiddy can't stay healthy, if Dio doesn't produce and can't stay healthy, like, and Samson, you know, if he doesn't produce, like, you're back to the same issue, you know? So, yeah, it's definitely a do-or-die year for this this group and a lot of guys that, that got to step it up and got to take it to the next level. And if they can, you feel a lot better about the future of this defensive line. But if they don't, uh, you keep swinging, man. You have to. There's no question. There's people that are saying, why would I invest more into this unit when I've already invested into it? Well, if you're not getting proper production – you got to fix it till you can, you know, at this point. So, yeah, the pass rush, no question. The edge, you know, I feel so bad for DeForest Buckner because he's been so consistent, but the, his partners in crime on the outside have just not been. So give DeForest Buckner some help on the edge. Please help him out. All right, let's move on to another one, Derek. Talking about the health of Shaquille Leonard, you know, we all know he, you know, had some stuff with that whole ankle thing, that whole surgery. We all know all that story. You know, he looks like he's pretty much back from that, dealing with a concussion right now. But I think the biggest focus for the Colts has to be, can Shaq Leonard be what he once was at linebacker, right? Because he's now had three concussions. That's nothing to scoff at. And, you know, there are legitimate questions like, even if he is on the field, can he be the maniac again? Yep, that is going to be the question mark of the defense. Is Shaq Leonard going to be back? And is Shaq Leonard going to be the Shaq Leonard that we've seen for years before these several injuries happen? I mean, we saw what Shaq Leonard was able to do even when he wasn't healthy, Cody. I mean, we saw when this guy wasn't healthy, he had a league-high 15 turnovers forced or created, right? So it's kind of crazy to think that if Shaq Leonard is just even back to that state or even better, then to what 
we could actually see from him going forward is a huge deal to this defense that really is searching for its identity again because last year's defense was a great defense. It didn't have a lot of turnover potential because the maniac was not on the field. That was the biggest problem. Last year, it was a locked, you had a couple lockdown corners, which was really awesome. And you had a, a pretty decent front. But you just, and Zaire Franklin held the four at linebacker, but he just wasn't, he's not a turnover machine like what Shaq Leonard is. So to have Shaq Leonard back, to be able to know that at any given moment, that ball could get punched out of the ball carrier's hands with that that punch that Shaq Leonard needs to get trademarked. That's that's the one thing that this Colts defense really needed is if you're going to have a situation where your defense is a bunch of young kids or a bunch of inexperienced people in the system, you need to find something that your defense can grasp onto. And there's and if it's one guy that can create turnovers, at least close to a dozen of them any single year, it's Shaq Leonard. And if you can do that, then that defense immediately gets a morale boost because they know at any given moment that guy can turn uh, can turn the ball over. And that's exactly what you need. Yep, you mentioned it. That just was the element that was missing from this defense last year, especially we saw how many games, Derek, where the Colts played well for most of the game, but they could not force that key turnover to win the game. And that's what Shaq does, right? He does that. He he creates those timely turnovers. I mean, how many times have we seen him? You know, gosh, I've lost count. How many times we've seen Shaq force a turnover at the timely situation, Colts would jump on it, they win the game. You know, he's just so critical to have a player like that that just is a turnover magnet. And if your defense can add that element, I mean, you that takes you from, you know, if the Colts last year had that element, it takes them from a good defense to a great defense. That really does. That's the difference. Is just like, even if you surrender a lot of yards, but you can force turnovers, that's great. And especially with this young unit, especially at the secondary, like they're probably going to give up a good amount of yards. Like that's just how it is, to be honest. But if they have that element that you never know when Shaq's going to come and make a play, that can change the whole dynamic of your defense. I mean, really can change the whole dynamic of a football game, change the momentum completely. So with a young team like that, having a player that can force those turnovers is so crucial and so important to have. So Shaq, if he can get back to what he young what he was at one point, I mean, it's going to be huge for the Colts. I did mention the young DBs. We, need, we do need to talk about them, Derek, because right now you look at who are the starting corners for the Colts. Two guys that we really probably didn't expect as much, especially Daryl Baker at cornerback number one right now. I mean, you do have to ask the question, Juju Brents and Jalen Jones, right? Where do these guys factor in? How do they factor in? You know, is Daryl Baker going to continue to be cornerback number one throughout the whole season? You know, well, how does that kind of shake out? And also I'll throw in, you know, this the, the safeties as well. You know, all these three young safeties, you know, with obviously we know Nick Cross, kind of his ascension, and your two starters, Rodney Thomas and Julian Blackman. It's an extremely young secondary in general. So what are you watching primarily here with these young defensive backs? Yeah, you said it with – it's going to be very interesting to see who is the – the best cornerbacks, who's going to be the number one and number two at the end of the year. We know that Daryl Baker 
Obviously, Daryl Baker's been the most consistent guy when it comes to pass coverage so far. That's why he's number one. He may not even be the most talented guy on this. I would argue that he may not even be the most talented of the four, but he's been the most consistent and he has been reliable. So therefore, when that first week goes out, you need to have him ready. That's why he's out there. And then... Of course, with Dallas Flowers, again, probably isn't even the best of Jalen Jones or Juju Brents, but Dallas Flowers, been in the system, waited his turn, did what he needed to do, was reliable, therefore he's ready to go. And, I mean, there were multiple times where I watched even that Eagles game, um, that last preseason game, and, you know, he was he was pretty locked down. I mean, I don't think there, I think there was only one catch that he even allowed, and it was only for a couple yards. The other ones, I mean, he was locked down. He was keeping everybody away. And you really need that in that situation because he just, he's that much further along. It's how much does Juju Brents get acclimated to the game? And Jalen Jones, who, you know, shows a lot of great intangibles. He's just still kind of raw and you need to be able to just get him up to speed in the game. So does Juju Brents... Finally, as the year goes on and he starts getting used to the game speed in the NFL, does he become a better option than a Daryl Baker or a Dallas Flowers because of the fact that he's longer, he's faster, he might be stronger, all of these things. That's going to be the important aspect of this. You know, of course, we're probably going to have some injuries that happen every once in a while. So, you know, that Jalen Jones and Juju Brents are going to probably get their turns. So it's just going to be a matter of who who is going to who is going to eventually get that spot. Yep. Yeah, it was going to be interesting. And then the second, the young safety room, I'm really interested in as well, because I mean, I think three young guys who are all in the rookie deals, who all have extreme talent and who all have shown at least the first two. And then obviously Nick Cross this year so far, you know, they started to show some high upside. So really intrigued with all these young guys, you know, like we know there's going to be lumps with this young DB room. Like there's no question, but I'm intrigued to see how this unit continues to progress. Like he talked about, because I mean, I would say Derek, this is the youngest unit probably on the team outside of quarterback, I'd guess. Like this is an extremely young unit. I'm really looking forward to seeing how they're going to grow together. So I'm really looking forward to that. But uh, I think that does it, man, for kind of some of the things that we're looking for. The biggest focus is for the Colts of 2023 outside of the record, of course. Let us know your thoughts in the comments below. But that'll do it for this one, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you are new to the channel, be sure to hit the like button. Be sure to subscribe. We are going live for the game on Sunday, so be sure to be around for that one. But Derek, thanks for doing this, man. It's always a good time. Thank you guys for tuning in. And as always, guys, go Colts. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.